On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about the official 53-man roster, do a little over-under action, and then look ahead of what this schedule looks like. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Here we go. Air it out. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Yo, 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 yo. Hey, so good to see your guys' faces. <laughs> this intro is a little easier. We got a whole new setup, whole new rig. Josh is playing music off a of soundboard. It's going to be like New York City morning radio here. <laughs> and we can actually see each other. Man, 2022, here we come. So let's start. Let's start here. Uh, there was a, a few tweets and a few Facebook posts floating around the internet of various Bears fan groups celebrating the fact that they were, in their words, the only undefeated preseason team, even though that is not true. But then. Within a 24-hour span of them going on this rampage about how they were the best preseason team in the NFL, they also picked up the most free agent cut players in the entire NFL at six, which isn't good because the only people that are close to them were the Jaguars at five and the Giants at four. So do we want to even give the Bears fans a moment to say how ridiculous that is? I hope they improve because there is, in a lot of ways, nowhere to go but up. But then to then decide that they're going to also pick up everybody's scraps, I find hilarious. No, nah, man, let them have some fun. Pre- <laughs> preseason undefeated. <laughs> There's a trophy they hand out for that. That's cool. I, I ran into a Bears fan at the bar last night, and he goes, it's a damn curse. That's what he said. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a regime change, which typically means you're trying a little harder in preseason because everyone's playing for their roster spot. There's roster turnover, hence the signings from the the waiver wires. I'm, I mean, I, I'm kind of rooting for Justin Fields as a player, and hopefully the regime there figures him out because I think he's a talented quarterback. And he showed a little something in preseason. He went 13 for 13 in his last game, uh, so maybe they're finding a little something. But like as a Packer fan, no, we don't have to be worried about the three and zero. We can enjoy that week two is against them and that should be plenty early to knock a W out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and really all Chicago bears fans, all they're wanting is to be better than the lions. Right. I mean, that's a successful year in their mind. Right? To avoid Oof. hard knocks next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, they actually might be a prime candidate for hard knocks. They would have had some good fireworks this year if they would have been involved in it. Um, I would but, love yeah. to see the Packers on hard knocks. Unfortunately, if you're good, you have the right of refusal. So maybe post Rogers a few years from now. 
I think it's interesting. I would I wonder how much HBO pays for these teams. Like do they go to the Packers knowing everything that happened and go, We're gonna give you X million and then they end up slowly but surely settling oh, on the I know they come into planning with three teams. They have three teams that they are choosing between and then they get the rights from the NFL, get it granted and everything. So the NFL has it has to grant it also. But they're not paying the team directly, right? They're paying the NFL, and if you're in the bottom half of the league, you're eligible to be yep. submitted. Yep. Mm. Or if you're a new team, relocating your, team, stuff like your, that, too. Your Q rating goes up. That's all. Your brand awareness. Well, we've spent enough time talking about these damn losers. Let's talk about some winners and 53 of them that joined the 2022 2023 NFL great. Green Bay Packers. Uh, there really isn't a, a ton to talk about because you have 80 guys and just about everybody, but Ty Summers returns. Uh, and then the big addition was Rudy Ford, who is, I think, somewhere like 500 snaps in special teams and is a gunner guru. And if you look at his film, he is very good at open tackling and the guy flies. So, we were kind of looking at these moments. I know Gafford was one of those guys that we thought was speed that could help out with special teams. But we, as soon as he got cut, it was a, a name that a lot of people were circling. So any kind of surprises with this 53, knowing that this is going to be a very, very fluid roster, especially early with the injuries we have? Honestly, no. After seeing who we got to keep um, and who were signing on the practice squad, most likely everyone. Um, other than what was it, the linebacker? Summers. Ty Summers. Oh, Ty Summers. That's right. That's right. I, I already forgot him. Um, oh, but the oh. only one. The only one. <laughs> All right, four that, four. <laughs> the only one that was a little surprising uh, when when I first saw it was Ford over Heflin. Uh, three three middle nose tackles. I didn't really understand us keeping a big guy like Ford. Heflin's a little better at the DN position, um, but really. No, no surprises. Uh, I was happy Abernathy was a Packer for one night. Uh, it, it was a glorious night. Um, I'm sure he'll be back on the on the squad. But the, the, I'm interested them going heavy safety. Is that is that strictly special teams? You guys think? Well, they're not so heavy safety anymore. Let, let's go through. Where, I guess where we were wrong in the replacements. Because if you listen to the previous episode, we went through our 53 projections. So. We only kept two running backs, right? Taylor and Goodson were cut. We had had Taylor making the team uh, for special teams contributions. We had had Jawan Winfrey making the team. I, I sort of felt like that was a sure thing as the seventh. Uh, Winfrey doesn't make it, but they keep Torrey as the seventh. Uh, Rasheed Walker makes it from the offensive line. You just covered Heflin not making it, Ford making it instead of him. Rico Gafford was a cut. And you immediately look at the five corners then and feel like you need more secondary help. And then you see cuts from Sean Davis and Ennis Gaines, who we had projected to make the team. And you're like, oh, where are we getting our safety help from? And it's Dallin Levitt uh, coming back in a non-contact jersey, but he's back at practice. Abernathy making the team and Terry Carpenter. Now Abernathy's been flipped for Ruby Ford. Um, but I think that justifies your five safeties and because you only got five corners and you're thinking your first three are out there the majority of the time i'm not, I'm not using the i word your first three are out there the majority of the time and then you got a bunch of safeties and, and special teamers on there i was surprised with the two running back approach you know beyond just heflin not making the team um 
I don't like it, but I had sort of forgotten all these new rules and COVID rules and changes with the practice squad is you're allowed three call-ups per player during the season. Day of, of even. Yeah, so Taylor and Goodson know the playbook. You can call them up and get yourself to week five when Kylan Hill presumably is off the pup and ready to play. So uh, there's a little bit of a stopgap there, and both of them made it back to the practice squad. It's kind of funny we hype ourselves up for the cuts and will they make it? No way someone's going to get signed. And across the league, the numbers just aren't what you think for guys getting signed, and it's just keeping keeping their own. They already know the playbook. They know what they got. They're a known quantity. And we saw that a little bit with the roster. Goody likes his draft picks. He's keeping his guys. He's making this team his. And hopefully they they show out for him because he definitely uh, put his flag behind his draft picks as opposed to, you know, existing guys. You know, I think Amari yeah. Rogers is my uh, new Rashawn Gary hate. I, I think it's there. I, I, I mm-hmm. don't know why we keep him. Uh, there's so many other wide receivers. You are forgetting a certain tight end. Uh, that I nope, that's yours that's not, yours no. <laughs> that but was it, it's like, really interesting to Dan's point is 11 draft picks and all 11 made it and there was times where Carpenter looked like a for sure gone I I don't understand honestly I don't understand any of our seventh we had four seven round picks and none of them I thought were to the level maybe you could say Walker could grow into that position but like there's none of those picks where I went yep this is a guy like they just seem like a little favoritism in a weird way. And especially with those names that you knew would be back. Um, and so they know better than us, but it just seemed awfully risky with some of the guys that were thrown out there to the wolves. When, you know, if you threw a, a Tory out there, he was going to be coming back a hundred percent. But regardless, I'm, I'm very excited and I hope we have a really good problem of bringing these guys up from the practice squad to take gun, you know, for Hill and all these kind of things. And they do so well that it just ends up staying put. And then Hill has extra time on the practice squad to kind of get up to speed instead of throwing them right out there in week four. But regardless, hopefully, hopefully we're just talking about the 53 man the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a fun group. Um, I know that there was some talk about maybe there's not as much depth as we had hoped in certain positions. And I think that's definitely the case. But then you look at like, both lines you look at you know our backfield whomever is at third back I mean there's a lot of fun things that are going to happen with this team and it's going to be a completely different look in terms of who we rely on that it's it's multiple linebackers we're relying on there's you know how fast can the tight ends get up to speed but to that extent let's talk about some over unders and would you rathers most of these picked up from random sports betting sites yeah my favorite time of the year over unders so the I'm first to, is actually i'm trying to be josh's soundboard <laughs> yeah <laughs> the first is actually from our own dan which he posed this question right before we recorded and to which we all kind of put our heads in our hands and and started to cry a little bit and try to work our way through emotions no, you don't even have to name who your wide receiver one for the Packers is going to be, but who or how many total yards will wide receiver one have by end of season? I'll hit it. I, it's going to be hard for somebody to get 900 yards, I think. I, I think it's going to be hard between injury, between us testing out different players at different positions. Um, I I really, truly think it's going to be hard, but 
I think somebody will get there. 989. I'm, I'm guessing 989. It's a great. So you're saying Devonte Adams pretty much hit that mark two out of the last five years, and you're saying somebody might. I'm, I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying it. I'm saying it right now. I'm saying it's going to be very, very hard, and somebody has to be healthy all year. You gave every somebody reason did. for not going above mm. 900, and, and then, then said, "I'm doing it." I, I did. <laughs> Did. Full send. <laughs> I I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna do? I'm wait, you said nine eighty nine? Nine eighty nine. I'll do two hundred less than that, seven eighty nine. Because then you're figuring that top receiver has to find a way to get fifty yards a game. I think it's doable. I think that's a doable stat. And I think it was interesting. LaFleur came out and said, Nobody draft any of our receivers for fantasy because we're going in with a game plan of who's hot is hot. Which is interesting, but I think I, I feel like 40 to 50 yards, and then you have maybe a long pass play, or you kind of get in this slant route, kind of outside route. That uh, I, I just think it's doable that one of these guys can get to an average of somewhere around 48 yards a game. I think that's doable. Oh, that is ugly. Oh, <laughs> just to hear those words out of your mouth, that is ugly. I just look at who you're asking to get those 50 yards a game. Lazard's already in the rehab group at practice. And again, this was our blocking wide receiver we're asking to be our number one. Cobb's 32 years old and went through injury in the last like six seasons in a row, it feels like. Sammy Watkins is almost the guy I want to predict comes out with the most yardage, but deals with injuries all the time. And then there's a, a bit of a cliff after that. I'll go, you went 989, I'll go 898. So I forget what it's called, but the exact opposite. <laughs> I don't think someone clips 900, and it's a bit hot take-ish, but I'm surprised and comforted that you two are in the same boat as me. I just don't see any of these guys popping off. And you, we could be deadly wrong where, you know, say a Sammy Watkins with speed gets deep, you know, two or three times in a two-week stretch, and all of a sudden he, he popped off for 300 yards. It's like, okay, well, now he might get 1,000 yards this year. But I don't think there's a steady, you know, week one through week 17, he's our number one. He's getting 90 yards a game. Uh, I, I think it, it – LaFleur admitted it's going to be spread out, but I don't think it's going to be spread out in like an attractive way. I think we're going to be scratching and clawing to get yardage in the passing game. And that's where – and I know Josh is going to roll his eyes. Dobbs is interesting to me because I can picture him being one catch for 30 and one catch for like 10 or 12 and just being like that guy that he's going to get two catches a game and it it ends up being pretty damn close to that but a little side note bet mgm has aaron Rodgers over under for yards at 4050 so you divide that out by the 17 games they don't think he's going to get to an average of 240 yards per game like that's he's, he's that's about right I, I know that he, over the years, he's never been a yards guy. He's always been kind of more focused on the touchdown the side, answer. which ended up the over-under for his touchdowns. We can ask the group whether they think over-under 31.5 touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, see, that's under. a great one. Under. <laughs> see, <laughs> see I'll, I'll go under on yards because he has been averaging like 180 to 220 and still very efficient, rely on the run game. But I'd, I'd take the over on touchdowns. So that's just two mm-hmm. a game. And I think even with running, that sets up all the play action, all the Tunyon dump-offs, screen well, passes, counters passing. Threats too. Yeah, I, I think he can still put up two a game. Maybe it's not a consistent two a game. There's four mm-hmm. one week and one the other. But two a game, I'll give him that. So under on yards, over on touchdowns for me. 
And I think that's interesting too, is even though we have Dylan and I would, I would expect it to change at some point, we haven't necessarily used him as that big goal line threat. We're still more likely to throw the ball if it's second and goal than we are to run it, which brings us to this Dylan and Lazard are both have the same odds for yards on the year. 750 for Dylan, 750 for Lazard. Both are at five and a half touchdowns. Are we all on the Dylan is more likely to hit the yards and touchdowns purely because at some point he is going to be the goal line guy for this team? That's where I stand. Five touchdowns seems low. Uh, 750 yards, I just assume he has a couple of weeks that are hot, whether it's in a replacement status or he got hot and he got the ball more. That feels doable. I'd go under on both. I don't wow. Either of them. <laughs> so you got the Packers going 0-16, huh? Seven, no, six. but if if anyone, I, I'd pick A.J. Dillon to, to meet that mark or exceed it. Uh, Alan Lazard, uh, Although Alan Lazard, last year he had nine touchdowns. I mean, the mm-hmm. guy, you know, but he wasn't double cover. There was Adams on the other side. No, no, I'm switching my pick. Alan Lazard <laughs> will be our leading receiver. And oh, you went back to the pick. first over-under? Nine, <laughs> <laughs> you get into the trophy, and now you're changing it. And this is also crazy while we're talking about running backs. And out of all the the bets I looked at, this is in the top two ones where I circle and go, this is this is doable. Uh, BetMGM has Aaron Jones at six and a half touchdowns. It feels like he's due to have just a fantastic. Are those season. only rushing? Does receiving count? It might be. It has to be only rushing because there's yeah. that feels like a hitting the over all day long. Yeah. I- Another over, you know, I, I'm going to pull to Josh and go back to his 989. You know, the best part about a prediction for 989 yards, you really think Rogers would go into that like fourth quarter of the last game, knowing his top receivers at 989 and not just feed hey, him a 12 yard hitch like route. Said, it happened to Adams twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we're also talking about Rogers and how amazing of an F you moment would that be that not only does everybody think he's done, but then he wins back-to-back MVPs, and he gets somebody from this receiving crew to a thousand yards. That would—I feel like he would be motivated just as equally as that yeah. in getting his buddy Devonte to a thousand. So I, that take it as you will, but holy moly! Um, they also he turned was Italian there for a minute. Take oh, that oh, as hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, while we're while we're on Jones, uh, the site also had Jones all-purpose yards matching Devontae Adams receiving yards at pretty much 1,300. That seemed a little too much. I know that we use them a lot, and we might have to with the wide receiver crew, and that's why I think they're pushing more receiving yards into Jones' bucket. But, man, that's a lot of yards for Jones. And I, while I think touchdowns are there, I don't know if the yards are there. I I think it's his year. Yeah, I give him 1,300. Eight rushing, five receiving. I think that's doable. He's going to be the guy this year. We're going to depend on him a lot. and I think they're going to force feed him quite a bit. I see it. So then this is the other interesting one before we start talking about schedule. Jair Alexander coming back. Two and a half interceptions. 
The yeah, number baby. is two and a half. Yeah, baby. That this is my other top two. I feel very good about it. I feel very two good about this. Two and a half. <laughs> and it's not what? like they can just avoid them for the entire game. The secondary is good, and there's a pass rush. Mm-hmm. Two and a half is a good number though, because how many times is he going to get passed to? Because he's such a lockdown corner. Oh, because it's so easy to throw against Stokes and Douglas and Savage and Amos with Gary in your face. And Campbell, he's going to get thrown the ball to. He got two picks against Tom Brady in an NFC Championship game. And remember, People they're forget. going against. People forget. They're going against <laughs> Giants. They're going against Jets. There is some opportunities that are just they ha- they're playing against teams that are going to give them opportunities. Yes, yeah, Baker so, on the schedule again this year? I don't think he is, but no. But we add Wentz. We had Wentz in Washington. We, I mean, the, there's. He could get the over just on one game against Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> Man, two and a half feels low. Coming off an injury. Yep. Now remember, we had some concerns like a year and a half ago that, as amazing as he is, my, one of my frustrations was he wasn't making those playmaker type plays. He's locking a receiver down. They're getting two catches for 13 yards, no touchdowns. Awesome. You're going to take that all day long. But I kept arguing if you want to take that next step into top corner in the league and the top three corner in the league, you got to start getting your hand on the ball. And I felt like he was starting to address that maybe out of the NFC championship game. And then an injury last year, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Two and a half. I might have to give you a mortgage payment for that bet. I, I can't, I say, I can't yeah. bet legally here. I say under, and I say he only has two, which still is a good year, and I still think he's great. Um, but and and I think the Packers might be top ten in interceptions this year, even though he only has two. Wow, let's come back. To, let's come back to this episode at the end of the year. But uh, but yeah, that's I, I think I think right at two, right at two. Yeah, and that's where his first well kind of three foolish years, one, two, one. But we are we are also dealing with Kevin King syndrome for a <laughs> sizable amount of that. Still and a I, free agent. I feel as though I feel as though that overall crew, yeah, I, I there's gonna be opportunities. Cause I mean look at how hot Rasul Douglas got that he right place at the right time. There's no doubt about it that it could be to any one of these cornerbacks that, you know, <laughs> we have a certain safety uh, named Savage that should have – what was he up to? Almost yeah. like 24 dropped interceptions? I don't know. I've forgotten about that. I think I blocked that out. So one last over-under before we start breaking down the schedule, and it is about the schedule. Win total at 11. So we're not going to go game by game and say yay or nay, but what is your record for this 2022 Green Bay Packers, and which game are you most excited for? I'm going above that 11-win total, 12-5. and Um, I I think it's going to be a tough 12-5, and though. We we, we did a little analysis before that there are some easy stretches, but I think it's tough. It's a tough one seed. What can I say? It's, it's <laughs> tough. I don't know if we're the one, but 12 and 5. Um, no, most excited five. for um, Packers versus Rams. I'm actually going to this game. It's a night game, middle of December, December 19th, week 15. I think it's week 15. Yep. Um, uh, I, I can't wait to face them again. Uh, hopefully, it, you know, starters are playing. I want to see both teams at their max potential. See Aaron Donald run around the field. 
Um, but I also think going in towards the end of the season, this is our toughest game. We have Miami, Minnesota, Detroit after that. Um, so winning this game will be key going into the playoffs, gaining momentum. Um, yeah, Rams. Yeah, I think that might have been my pick during the schedule preview. I unfortunately would also go 12 and 5. And at a high level, I think if you can get through week one, you guys disagree with me, but I think you get into week eight at seven and zero. Your only real hurdle after week one is the Buccaneers, and hopefully you can create a pass rush against Tom. He's got some things going on. He's forty five years old. Some shit's happening in your life when you're forty five. <laughs> Whom's amongst us has not scoured the internet trying to figure out what the heck's going on there? Uh, but yeah, I think if you beat the Vikings, the other opponent, Bears, Patriots, Giants, Jets, Commanders, I think you're looking good coming into Bills. And then you got tough games. You got Bills, Titans, Eagles, Rams, Vikings again. You know, maybe you split that series. Four or five losses if if we can put enough of an offense together. And, and this defense is what they are on paper. Uh, I don't think that's outrageous. And game of the year. Um, for me, it's got to be that Bills game. I, I wish it was when we're in Vegas for Josh's bachelor party because that would just be all-time hype sitting in a sports book, Packers-Bills. Instead, we have Packers-Jets. <laughs> we're going to do some, <laughs> we're gonna have to do some prop bets for that game to make it interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. First touchdown. Hopefully. If it's close, we're going to be mad. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be another year where the outcome just solely relies on playoff performance. I I was actually surprised that a few sites had it 11. I think 11 and a half would have been the best number because I'm actually going to say 11 and six. I there's just and spoken I, like I a think guy that gonna, works at a gambling website calling yeah. out that difference. That's smart. <laughs> I I just I look at these games and it's just so tough to tell right now because we don't know what this offense is going to be. I think we're all pretty confident that we're gonna have a top five defense. I don't know where this offense is. Is our offensive line going to get healthy enough? Are the running backs going to do their fair share? Is there going to be two or three guys in this wide receiver queue that step up? And that's why the Vikings game is huge because maybe it is just a defensive-led thing of can we shut down Thielen and Jefferson and do our thing with Cook and find ways of squeaking out wins? I, I think that there's going to be a lot of ugly wins and disappointing losses. That you're gonna We're going to be in every single game, which I know is is – most NFL teams, but I just think that there's going to be some games where we go, how the F did we lose this? How did we do it? And that's what I worry about. And 11 and six is still going to be a playoff team. I think in this NFC, because it is so top heavy that if you're 11 wins are up, you're, you're set to go. But the game I'm circling is the Cowboys at home. I am so very excited for McCarthy to come to town. Mm -hmm. And then you're looking at it being around that week 10, where if the Cowboys play anywhere decent and they come into that game like eight and two, the hype train that will be on the Cowboys is going to be so stupid. Two? I that's what I'm saying. I just think that the Cowboys fan base will think that oh we've won the East, we're going to the playoffs. This is this is our time again, and then this would be our time to just absolutely curb stop them. I just I I need. I need us to win that game for no other reason than I just hate the Cowboys so much. Yeah, I just call me a Cowboys hater, but I don't think it's their year. I think the Eagles put more stars on the roster, and the Cowboys are already dealing with injuries. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if they're 
four and four or whatever the record evens out to by the time we get to them. Well, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. And I, I mean, I just, there's parts of the schedule. I like that lineup. I wish that it was the bears Vikings game to start. The season was switched. Yeah, I wish amen. Patriots Buccaneers was switched. There's a, there's just different things where even I look at a sneaky trap game already is going to Detroit after going to Buffalo where you're so banged up and emotional. And then you go to a place that you have really, really struggled to put things together. Mm-hmm. I, man, there's some, they, the schedulers of this season, so I don't good. know how we always start the season at Minnesota. I don't know how like we get these big games on the road, but I, uh, hmm. I wish we'll they would go away from having division games. First four weeks. Oh, whatever. It's fun. <laughs> They got Baker playing against the Browns in week one. Like they are sitting there manipulating this for ratings and it's fantastic. It's why we all watch. And good old Russell Wilson facing Seattle. I mean, they, yeah. they scheduled it well, but I, I fear. Well, I and feel Deshaun as Watson though, coming back. I feel no, as though suspended. when they're. Uh, oh yeah. Against the Texans. Yeah. All right. I just feel like the schedulers anti-Packers. The amount of times where I go, how is this yeah. possible that we're doing this again? Well, it is but. probably like in their best interest to like, Packers not to win sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, we don't we aren't homers at all. I don't know. Did we look at some of the teams we have? We've got some some layups in there too. I think we'll be all right. I, I was kind of looking at the schedule the other day and the nightmares of a 34 year old man. I was like, shit. Although we're back to football season, we're back to having to stay up till 1:30 in the morning on Sunday night and Monday morning. Sucking <laughs> the pains of living on the East Coast. Did we want to go around and, and give a, a super early Super Bowl matchup? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You first. Peace. Can two <sighs> AFC teams play each other? Yeah. Hey, it's 2022, right? Anything can happen. I just think. I just think it's an easy pick, but Bills, I think they should have made it last year. I mean, they literally Did. were seconds away from yeah. from going and playing in the Super Bowl. Man, there's something about like like the Rams. If the Rams just get back into their form again, like I know something it's silly, like, but I just feel like, the like they have trophy in their case. Like I. I don't know how they keep pulling off these contracts. I don't know. I mean, OBJ and Robert Woods are their biggest losses, but both of those guys were injured anyways for for the chunk of the season. Like, it's just, I hate to say it, it just feels like something that they're going to pull off again. So that's my matchup is the what we should have had this last year uh, in Rams and Bills. Mine, mine last year were the Packers-Titans, and they were both one seats. That's the they didn't make it though. But I'm picking the Packers again. <laughs> I I really feel strong about the Packers. Their defense is gonna pull it together this year. It's gonna be beautiful. We're gonna have a rookie wide receiver that everybody's talking about, like Justin Jefferson. It's gonna be a great year. And then they're gonna be playing the Denver Broncos. That's my wild card. I truly think with them getting our offense coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, I think that they can actually put those wide receivers to use. Uh, they have amazing talent on that team um, and a great running team. 
Um, so as long as that defense can hold up and get some pass rush, I think the Denver Broncos are going to be legit. Um, and, and they're going to be tested coming out of the AFC West. So somebody out of the AFC West will make it versus the Packers. There we go. Here's what I realized. We started this podcast four years ago. And good news is we've gone 13 wins every single time. But I think Josh has picked the Packers to go to the Super Bowl every time. So maybe we're we're good enough luck to get awesome seasons. But then they finally listen back and they're like, this podcast. And every single time it's the it's the Josh curse that they go. I don't, I don't think I picked them our first year, but I, I do think the last three. <laughs> I mean, come on. They have to. <laughs> That's the thing is, if you look at the NFC, unlike the AFC, where it's anybody's guess, the NFC, I don't think it's the Cowboys year. The Eagles put a bunch of guys on paper, but I don't think they get it to click in the first year. I don't think the Vikings, I don't think it's your year, even with Jalen Rager. I think it's Buccaneers, Rams, or Packers. So Bucks if are you, hurt on if the you line. get to pick from three... Yeah, the only reason you still throw the Bucks in there is they have the greatest of all time, and you can't put anything past them. Uh, if you get to pick from three, I might as well go ahead and be a homer. I'll pick the Packers, too. Packers going to the Super Bowl. to one of those years. Just send out Rodgers. Let him retire. Uh, let's move into the future phase, but let's get that trophy first. And the team, I kind of – I wonder what their over-under is. Maybe, Ryan, you got this readily available while I, while I explain it. But, of course, in the AFC – the Bills are awesome. They're going to be so much fun to watch. The Chiefs are always there. Denver looks good. I kind of like the Colts. I feel like the Colts were a quarterback away, and it's Matt Ryan now. I mean, yeah, he's not a superstar, especially with his uh, aging career here, but this was a guy that was up 28-3 to in the Super Bowl before. Like He's done it, and the Colts have a defense with a strong running game. The whole roster is strong top to bottom. I just feel like it's a under-respected team at the national level that just wins games. Maybe because it's not sexy, but they just win football games. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. So three days ago, the line shifted. So the Packers are actually down to 10.5. So they went the opposite way. So I think we all feel good about them being the over at 10.5. They had the Colts, as you asked at nine and a half right in the middle of the road. So the top two were Bills and Buccaneers, both at 11 and a half. Buccaneers. (laughs) I'll go ahead and take the under on that. Yep. All right, boys, we just need to fly to Vegas this weekend. Place our bet. I almost do it. We almost booked a weekend getaway so I could play (laughs) some preseason bets. Like I really, really wanted. I just typed in the Colts' schedule. They're at nine and a half. They have Texans and Jaguars out of the gate. They get the Jaguars' toys. Commanders. Yeah, they're in. They're in the worst division in the NFL. Yeah, Commanders, Giants, Texans again. I don't, they got like six easy ones. All right, here's my money. Verbal yeah. meme. So check my money. <laughs> Lots of. Lots of randomness that we've discovered. Uh, we are all of the poor with this YCU crew is capable of from almost hitting a thousand to maybe somebody will hit 700. Uh, I think we're bullish on what the backfield can do in terms of Dylan increased goal line and Jones just getting back into form. Um, and this defense, this is a good, this is a good defense. So we'll see what happens, but. Until then, the next time we talk, we'll be previewing. Previewing. Thank you.
Thanks, everybody. Go back, go.